But I think having to know yourself is where then you have the strength to stand in your own boundaries, my own life, my values, the way I think, the way I feel. I think it's self-love, which is really hard. Midlife ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. From the moment I wake up, before I put on my makeup, I say a little prayer for you. you. <laughs> Listen, how many women out there need a little reminder that you, honey, are, honey, worthy? Yes. And what if? You could just carry in your pocket gorgeous thoughts of positive intention to lift your spirit and reflect on who you are and what you are capable of. Uh, well, our next guest, Jenna Brocious, has developed a set of prayer cards to provide motivation and inspiration at just the very right moment. Yes. And Jenna is a wife, a mother, a spiritual intuitive, and like so many of us has worn so many hats. And also like many of us, she just had this busy real estate career and did all of the right things. And one just day just hit a point in life in which she was kind of feeling a little bit lost. Okay. But she's, she's a lucky girl. Let me tell you this, because this girl was afforded the opportunity to pull back and to sit in silence and meditation. So hats off to Jenna's supportive husband. We see you, boo. And, got you. Um, and so for our two guys <laughs> listening out there, listen up. This yeah. is something you might want to try. Let yeah. her sit back and meditate because who knows what magic right. she will find. So Jenna actually, during this time, she gained that clarity on how she can show up in a different way to serve others. And she believes that these special prayer cards she's created are the product of God working through her to provide others intention and inspiration when they need it the very most. I love that. And in this episode, Jenna reminds us of the importance of setting boundaries and finding time and space to sit in silence and reflection, even if it's in your own shower, ladies. Yes. <laughs> yes. Find your own spirituality in whatever shape and form that might take. And in that space, find yourself. So girl, sit back, lean in, mm. and enjoy the conversation with Jenna Brocious. And if you enjoy the conversation, you know what we want you to do. Mm -hmm. Honey, subscribe, subscribe and leave us a review. Because we want to hear from you, girl. We love yes. you. All right, let's go. All right. And without further ado, Jenna Brocious. We will just jump in and welcome to our podcast today, Jenna Brocious. Welcome, Jenna. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and chat with you, ladies. Yes, we're excited to have you. We are just so excited. This is one of our first interviews in the new year, and we know that this is going to be an amazing show. I just can't wait to dive in. 
Awesome. Me too. Let's go ahead and get started. I would love to know just a little bit about your journey because you and I were just talking before we jumped onto this podcast and you were mentioning that you are coming up on a year anniversary mm-hmm. that you're celebrating with this new business that you've created. So tell us about that journey and how you found this new life and purpose outside of your home life. Um, well, it's Kind of long. So if you want to cut me off at any point, you may. Um, <laughs> we'll do that actually because we get so interested, we jump in. So that's what's going to happen. <laughs> so I was in real estate for quite a few years. I had a child and then I had a real estate project end. And so I kind of was contemplating, what do I do next? And I've always had this like kind of spiritual weird stuff happening to me. And I just ignored it because it's kind of scary. And like, I didn't know what to do. Mm. And so my husband gave me the opportunity. He's like, I want you to sit at home as long as you need to and meditate and pray and figure out what you want to do. Because obviously whatever you keep trying to do is not working. And I just keep being miserable at the end of the day. Hmm. So he gave me the opportunity to really just sit with myself and decide what my next move was. And in that time, my prayer cards came to me and then COVID hit. And then I had a really, I struggled during COVID mentally. I'm a very extroverted person. I love to be out talking with people. And so I like mentally struggled and I'm like, I need a prayer that just like can get me through these hard days. And So the prayer cards like slowly started to come out of me because I couldn't find anything on the internet that was giving me what I wanted. So I ended up making the prayer cards, which have now just turned into like this beautiful thing. And now I'm speaking and I'm sharing my story. So I'm truly, my heart is finally filled and I get to do what I want, but it just took me a lot of time of sitting in quiet to find that. Mm, I love that. It's so fortunate that you had this gift of time to sit and really dig into who you are and what's important to you. So tell us a little bit about what was the catalyst for the prayer cards? You said they just came to you. And what exactly are the prayer cards? What are they helping your clients or people in the universe do? So the prayer cards came to me um, literally in prayer. I was just like, God, what am I doing? Where do I go? What, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so the idea for these cards came about. And then again, I didn't have the time to focus on it for a while. And I had a girlfriend that struggled with worthiness. And I'm just like, you're so beautiful and so amazing. How do you not see your worthiness? And so the worthiness prayer card came to me and I wrote a little prayer. And then there's a Bible verse that connects to it. Um, And so then like I had a girlfriend's son pass away unexpectedly. So I wrote her grief prayer card and I kind of just had all these little opportunities come to me that gave me the light to write these little prayers. And so I love them because you can put them in your wallet and your purse and your back pocket. Like they're very simple and easy to just take with you. If you just need that like extra like strength that day, it's just there for you. I love that. And shout out to your husband who's like, hey, baby girl, have a seat, sit back. You figure it all out. I'm good with that. Like, where is this guy? That's phenomenal. (laughs) Yes. Felt very lucky to have that opportunity. that is remarkable. So I am, um, yeah, I'm fascinated by these prayer cards. So are they all like Bible-based based on scriptures and, or are they actual prayers that you would have people say so that people can kind of think of them as like a prayer mixed with kind of intentions? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I also struggled with, even just on some of the Bible apps is they can be very negative. And I just don't think that's the projection that I want Mm. to give out when I'm like trying to like rise Mm -hmm. above. 
And so they're all written with very like clear, positive intentions, no matter what the topic is. And there are seven different topics. And then there is a Bible verse that correlates my prayer that I've written to the actual thing. And I don't mean for them to be super religious because you could change dear universe to dear God. Like you could play with it however you'd like, but that's just how yeah. I wrote them. But you can. I love so. that. Yeah. Really. And they also come with a little stone crystal in the bag. So if you wanted to take the stone with you instead of the prayer card, I get anxious. I'm always rubbing a, a rock because I get nervous. Um, and so I always have rocks in my back pocket. And so my husband laughs. But so there's a little crystal that comes with it if you wanted to take that instead. Okay. I love that because I am one of those that kind of is a a mixer and matcher of spiritual things as well, right? There was a point in my life where I was really hardcore Christian. Like the kind that you're like, whoa, lady, you need to chill out a bit. That was me. And so, you know, are the ro the rocks and the crystals were from the devil and uh, all of that. And so, but now I'm like at the point where it's like, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to, you know, get my crystals and my rocks out and we're going to deal with that. And then like, you know, oh, baby Jesus, can you please cleanse my chakras while you're at it? You know, a little bit of everything. And here's where I've come yeah. to this. Is that I honestly believe when I look back on my really strict Christian phase in life, I was not at that point in time giving God his due for being so much bigger than I was allowing him to be when I was this strict Christian and that mm -hmm. really all things come from God. He made these crystals and these rocks. He made so many of these things that people are now just tapping into in terms of universal truths related to manifesting and intention and all of that truly comes from him. How can we believe that the source of all energy does not have energy points inside of our bodies that he's placed there? Right. Um, so mm -hmm. for me, it was really kind of a healthy transition to grow from where I was in my really strict dogmatic Christianity into this place where I can see space for so much more and so much more acceptance that I believe really does come from the Lord himself that he's accepting of everyone that he has created, no matter how they are choosing to show up. And so, you know, I choose to do that too with my little rocks and crystals right here by my side. <laughs> well, I think spirituality, it taught me oneness. Mm, like we are more oneness it. than I think I was ever, I was ever taught or realized before. So I hold a special place in my heart for that. So yes, yes I, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I really love this idea of oneness because I think we've been talking to a lot of different guests on our podcast and we've heard through one of our other guests mm. that this is the year of the woman. Female energy is rising. <laughs> and I think too often, you know, women allow these negative narratives to interplay into our lives and that manifests itself in us and divides and separates and causes us to judge our peers and fellow women. And it really brings out, you know, jealousy and all these ne all this negativity and uh, negative emotions. And so how can we use this notion of oneness to evolve ourselves in this space where women are, in fact, rising in the universe? So that brings us closer to our 
our God, closer to ourselves, into who we are at our core. And you know, really, uh, instead of pushing away our fellow female friends, bring them closer to us in support. How can we use this idea of oneness to do that? You know, it's kind of connected also to generational trauma Mm. because we only did what our moms showed of us and how they were treated or how they treated other women. And so I think there's like a great connection between we're growing differently than maybe the past had grown. And so we get to change it all and we get to make it exactly what we want. And right now we are making it that beautiful oneness and support of each other and loving each other. Cause I think we see a different perspective than what was ever seen or shown before. Yeah. You know, that's such an interesting philosophy that this is a type of generational trauma. So how have you seen that play out in your life? And maybe what were some of the narratives that you were taught as a child and how have you worked to overcome them? So my mom actually taught me a lot of things not to do in life. So I always give her credit for that one. Um, But I come from an alcoholic family and my husband comes from an alcoholic family. And that's because nobody dealt with their traumas (laughs) and they never voiced their opinion. Like, We have stomach issues because nobody was willing to talk about their feelings, you know? So it's so important for my son to not be raised in an alcoholic household after both of us having done that. So for us, that's a big generational trauma gap that we're closing. And there's also a healthy way to have a cocktail and stop at one or whatever it might be, you know, but generational trauma is a big issue. My mother-in-law and I have quite a few conversations about that because- she was married to an alcoholic and her mom told her, well, tough luck. You married him. Now you're stuck with him for the rest of your life. And that was, that's what she was told to do. And she listened and she did it, you know? Mm. And so it's so sad that she wasn't given the opportunity to have like the chance to get free Mm. or to make a different decision for herself. She just wasn't given that opportunity. Yeah. So how, how do you move beyond that? Like, have you been able to partner with her to help her come to her own conclusions about how she can move forward? Um, We have had quite a few conversations, but she still is Mm. stuck in her ways and she struggles every day to speak her own truth. And it just like breaks my heart to see her not be able to speak her own truth. But at the end of the day, that's not my battle. So I can have a beautiful conversation with her and we can talk about it. But if she's not willing to make the changes, then I also have to step back because that's a safe boundary for me. Yeah. And that's such an important boundary as women. And I think that And I see this so often, but I do also believe that as women, we are starting to get better about being able to recognize our truth and speak it. And maybe it's just because I'm getting to that age where we no longer give a shit and we just speak it anyway. (laughs) That might be actually what's happening. Um, Good for you. But, you know, with women, we often see like they just leaning into, no, everything's great. Things are fine and, and they're perfect. And, everything is good. And, you know, this is what's happening over here. And you know, that beneath that facade of perfection of everything is good, everything is great, that there's this brokenness. And I'm really challenged Mm -hmm. with maintaining that type of relationship when I know that there is this front, this wall of I'm positive and everything's perfect. Um, And I know that, but it's not true because life isn't like that. It's not, life is not like that. It is not. And so I hope that 
that's not something that your mom has to battle with in order to work through to her truth. Um, yeah, I, the whole positivity thing is like a different realm for them though, too. Like they don't have the concept of like maybe thinking more positively than negatively and something might change. They just don't comprehend that yet. Yes. And there's a, a this fake positivity, yeah. right. Versus right. a, I really am manifesting true positivity. I don't know. Maybe you could talk about that a little. I don't know if you have a perspective on the difference between this positivity. That's a facade versus the positivity right. that of I'm choosing to not be negative, but I'm also speaking my truth. Yeah. I mean, I love to be positive because I think it's a way more fun place to yes. live than living in doomsday all the time. Um, and it breaks my heart when I see women that can't be honest with me because it means they're not being honest with themselves. A hundred percent. If you, if you can't show up and give me that extra 5% that you maybe don't tell anybody else, I also can't show up and give you my 5%. I'm just a, I'm a very two way street kind of friendship girl. Mm. It goes both ways. And if it can't, then I love you from afar, but that's not working for me. So I honestly had to lose a lot of friends because I don't mind hearing your problems, but at some point you got to stop talking about it or you got to fix it. What are you going to do? What's your action? How do we get you there? Yeah. And I I've had, I had a girlfriend that was getting divorced and we had a conversation twice. I was like, I love you, but you can't call me and complain two times a day for 20 minutes. Mm. Like I can't take that on personally and you've got to move on too. So we've got to change the narrative here. Like life sucks. Something happened that you didn't want to have happen, but now how do we pick up the pieces and move on? Cause it's not where you want to stay forever. And I just can't, I can't allow that to be spewed on me right. either. Cause I'm trying to keep my head right. above water. Just good like for everybody you for else. setting boundaries. I think that is one of the hardest things for us it is, but that's the only way we can protect ourselves, keep ourselves happy and loved and safe. So boundaries are such a big, big deal for me. Right. So on the topic of boundaries, what advice can you provide our listener on how to set a boundary effectively and stick to it? Oof. I mean, okay, I've been setting boundaries since I was a child just because of my environment that I was in. Um, So boundaries I'm very comfortable with, but it's never easy to tell the other person, I need to take a step back from you, or I need you to not say A, B, or C in front of me anymore. I would say you treat every person you talk to a boundary Mm. about is a toddler because the toddler is going to come back and try and push the boundary again. So I don't care if it's a 50-year-old man or your boss, but you have to like, If you're going to say it, you then have to like stand in that because if you don't stand on it, then they know they can just walk Mm. all over you all over again. So maybe start with a small boundary. Like, Hey, I can only talk for 10 minutes today and just stick you. It's, I always say baby steps. Let's not go big. Just start small and just start with like that one thing that irks you and just stick to that one thing. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like just stating what it is that you need in a way that is clear, positive, and understood by the other party. Yes. And then just after like 10 minutes, say, I've really enjoyed the conversation, but I've got to run to the next thing. A hundred percent. I love you. Exactly. I love you, but I got to go. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So the other thing that was weighing on my mind as you were talking about this idea of staying in the space of positivity, 
I think that having a positive mindset is so critical to our success in life, but I also feel like there's this space where that positivity can turn into, I think that there's like a, a catchphrase lately, it's called toxic positivity, where people can put a positive spin on literally everything in life to a fault where they are stifling actually their emotions and you know... Uh, uh, not allowing themselves this space to feel emotions like grief or to feel disappointment or actually feel their feelings. So help us understand what you see as that fine line in this space of positivity. And what do you do to help your clients shift their mindset when they do have this negative sort of victim mentality so that they can have a more positive frame of mind? So I love um, negativity hmm. because it shows us what we don't want. And sometimes we need to be shown what we don't want to know what we do want. So I always accept a negative experience because it'll always remind me of where I actually want to go, not where I don't want to go. Um, so it's it's a fine line because I do think that there can be the positive is great, but there's a negative and a positive right. to like every battery you have to have each side for life to continue. And I think that our journey here is to experience everything that we can. And sometimes it sucks. And sometimes, you know, we get put in a position that we don't want to be in. But I think just having faith that there was a purpose and a reason for that negativity. And then we can step into the next day knowing it's a new day and just have a different positive mm. outlook. Yesterday was horrible. This is the lesson I learned. I know I don't want to do that again. So how can I move forward in a different light? is kind of how I personally work through bad experiences that I have to turn into a positive experience. But we have to relish in that negative just as much as we relish in that positive or we're not going to gain anything. I so agree with that. And, and I think that we want to gloss over the negative so quickly that we don't take the time to do exactly what you said, and that's learn the lessons. I'm a believer that everything that comes across our path, it's there for a purpose. It's there for 100%. a hundred percent. And I right? Mm -hmm. And we choose what that reason is, you know, and I can make it the woe is me. The reason is because I just was born a poor little starving child in the middle of nowhere, Bama, and nobody likes me and never going to like me. And all I ever do is get to eat worms. Or I can say it's because there's a life lesson in this for me that is going to propel me to my next level of success. Totally. If I take it, if I apply it, then I can do it. Mm -hmm. Right. And how am I ever going to learn to love the feeling of sunshine on my face if I do not understand how much I dislike the rain right. and the gloom? Right. You have to have both. I need to know the storm in order to understand the fullness of peace. Yeah. I mean, how and do you so, feel like so good and amazing if you haven't had horrible? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of the, um, you know, Shelby and I have both been going through our, our dating foils and, and foibles and all of that. And we were talking about this last week a little bit, but how do you know the guy that you really want and, and, and have that attraction to, if you do not go through and see like all of these mm -hmm. frogs of this is not what I want, this is not what I'm interested in. So when that thing shows up, it just becomes so clear. And I do think that, you know, whether it's in dating or it's in parenthood or it's in friendships or it's in our work life, 
there's that this opportunity to really bring that spiritual side and into this mm-hmm. to be able to um, stay connected so that you're making better choices. You're, you're, you have stronger convictions. You're able to stay more clearly on your path. When you set your boundaries, your boundaries aren't just set on, eh, cause I feel like it today, right. you know, please don't talk to me this way. No, it's coming from a place of your values, right? Which is often rooted in spirituality or our moral compass. I'm curious about when you think about spirituality and I know how much you've infused it into your business and what you do and really all aspects of your life, Jenna, I'd love for you to share your thoughts on how can we as women pull more of that spirituality and our values into our everyday work, into our everyday lives without judging ourselves. You know, Jesus knows I'm going to drop a F-bomb every once in a while. And I just, him and I, we got to be cool with that, you know, and I have to not judge myself when it happens. How do we pull more spirituality in order to get more of the fullness of who we are infused into these everyday aspects of our life? Well, I think you've kind of answered your own question, but I think self-love and knowing oneself Mm. is the biggest answer to that. I, I love myself. I'm a very special person. I have a big heart. I will give anything that I can to anybody. Oh, I could cry telling you this, mm-hmm. but I think having to know yourself is where then you have the strength to stand in your own boundaries, my own life, my values, the way I think, the way I feel, I think it's self-love, which is really hard. <laughs> so, oh, it is. Oh, you yes. guys make me all teary-eyed over here. <laughs> Shelby normally would be crying with you. Shelby, what's up? (laughs) But don't you think self-love having explored your spirituality is such a major part of being able to know who you are? Yes. And loving those sides of you that maybe don't always feel perfect and pretty and, you know, and, and being okay with that. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I love this topic because I was literally thinking about this this morning as I was walking my dog and listening to a podcast. And I I am turning 50 this year. So I am creating this list. I, I don't know if that's something to celebrate or not. It is. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Uh, 100%. 100%. It's been 50 good years. Let's just say that. But, I, you know, I really am... So Starting as a part of this process and turning a big milestone like age 50, where I'm really reflecting on who I am, taking stock in where I am and what and where I want to be, I can honestly say that I don't know that I have this true Mm. place of self-love. I'm working very hard to get there, but sometimes I'm not really sure what I need to do to wholeheartedly embrace who I am all of my faults, all of my flaws. So Jenna, please tell us what either you've done or what you've helped your clients do that are some steps they can take to really let go of maybe that negative self-talk and really take a foot forward in truly loving and embracing every single part of ourselves because I don't think it's something that we as women say all the time. I, I think it's not as... It's it's easier said than done. 
Oh, it is way harder to do than, uh, you know, the follow through is way harder. Um, I think the self negative talk is such a beautiful place to start because it is something I've never done, which is wild to me. Now, when I talk to so many women, I've never talked negatively about myself to myself, or I'll be at a dinner and somebody will say I'm dumb and I will like hit them. I'm like, no, you are not dumb. And we do not use those words on ourselves. Like you are telling the universe what you want to be and you are not dumb. Yes. (laughs) Um, I think the self-talk is the biggest one. And if you catch yourself, my teacher calls it your drunk monkey. Your drunk monkey is in your head telling you all the things that you like think you are. And sometimes we got to put that drunk monkey in its little cage and tell it to go to sleep for a while. And then we need to clear our mind and be like, no, I am beautiful. I am strong. I am smart. I am capable. Even if you don't like wholeheartedly feel it. But I think the more you kind of like slowly start to tell yourself and maybe you, you have, I have sticky notes all over my closet and on my desk, like focus on what matters. Yeah. Cause that's what like for my brain right now, that's what I need. But I think those little sticky notes are writing on your mirror. They sound silly, but I feel like they truly work because you're reminding yourself of how great you truly are. And then when we walk out the bedroom door, the kids yell at us or somebody like throws us off balance. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to go back in my bathroom for a second. And I'm going to (laughs) reread those words again. (laughs) I love that. But I think it's hard. And I think, again, self-love goes back to the negative talk. And I think just also giving yourself that like 10 to 30 minutes a day to just like sit with yourself is so important for me. If I don't do that, my whole day does not flow the way I normally would like it to. Mm-hmm. Or I sit in my bed and I read two of my prayer cards and I don't talk to anybody until I've gotten through them. Mm-hmm. And then I like say something about how I want my day to go. Like I prayed this morning that I would have the words to speak to you ladies. Mm-hmm. You know, I just like, I think we need to give ourselves a little bit more self time yes. so that we can get out of all the head stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The head is a dangerous place. I mean, it is like this programmed computer that we have programmed from day one. And unfortunately that most of us have not programmed it to sit there and spit out things like you're beautiful. You're smart. You're amazing. You're talented. You know, it's all of these. I was not going on in my house, all of these things. And so it's funny because also, you know, in my little uh, bout of being a, a super Christian, Um, one of the things that I did learn that I really hold on tight to today was this notion where number one, God says, Hey, I am, he's the great, I am, you know, and he kind of leaves it at that. And I think it's like, well, what in the world does that mean? I am the great, I am, but really it's the, I am, we have, we have another guest who has a thing called the, I am everything project. And it is this notion of really. He is everything. So whatever you are needing, he says, I am. Whether it is health, whether it is love, whether it is beauty, whether it is grace, I am. And then you take that and we're made in his image. So if he is, guess what, boo? Then I am, (laughs) right? So Mm -hmm. when I am struggling, I remember that I am. And it's not about I am something that describes me, but it's more like a noun. Let me explain this. So instead of times that I'm feeling sick or struggling with something, instead of me saying I am healthy, I say I am health. I actually am that noun. I am the embodiment of that thing. I am not wise. I am actually wisdom. 
And so out of that flows all of the attributes of that noun and everything that it possesses. So remembering in those moments that you are and that everything that you need has been granted and given to you, it is really digging in. And in the case of what you've developed, Jenna, I love the idea of bringing out these cards that can really support who you are through prayer, but remembering ladies, you are. And when we say, girl, you got this, that's what we mean. You are, Mm -hmm. you've got it all in you. A hundred percent. Well said. I have nothing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, yeah. See, I love this idea of being in alignment. Yeah. Uh, Trinity and I, we've, we've talked so often uh, that you know women in midlife they tend to get lost mm-hmm. we've carried the, with us these personas for so long where the wife or the mother or the PTO president or the basketball mom or whoever you identify yourself with until we hit midlife and then you know some of these cards start dropping away we're no longer the full-time mom because our kids are grown and gone to college or maybe we get a divorce and we're not that wife figure anymore and then we suddenly start to struggle with who we are as individuals and so You know, I, unlike Trinity, I haven't had this spiritual awakening in my life. And so how do you bring into alignment uh, this idea of spirituality within your business? And how can you help women like me who haven't really dwelled on our spiritual selves? Mm -hmm. How can you help us understand this differing and new sort of perspective and embrace that within our lives so that... Uh, we can really get in tune with these messages. I think again, that I'm going to go back to this, but I think it's self-love. I think that if you Mm -hmm. could see yourself for all the amazing things that you are and you tap into you, your alignment kind of just unfolds all on its own because you're allowing it, you're open and available for more good to come to you than you've ever experienced or imagined before. And I think you have to give yourself that time to sit down. And I mean, the silence that I got for those months that my husband let me literally changed our lives because it gave me the opportunity to truly Mm. look within for me to like expand on whatever I'm supposed to be here to do. And so I think that we do get lost in all of these different ways, but the true alignment is within ourselves. And when that happens, then you get to have this big spiritual, beautiful awareness because you realize it's so much greater than just us or our individual selves. Mm. I hope I answered that question for you because I, I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. And I think I understand what you're trying to say too. It's that you're really just trying to get your clients to a place of self-awareness, self-understanding, embracing who they are. But really at the end of the day, we're all doing the same thing and it's, we're all trying to get to the same end, the same outcome. And you know, Mm -hmm. sitting with yourself and learning to love yourself really is and being open-minded to new adventures and new ideas. And that in and of itself, you can call it spiritual or you call it, you may choose to call it spiritual, but really all it is is kind of bringing us to the same place with the same outcome. Yeah. Well, and I want to push on that a little bit because 
you know, we say self-love and I think we can all admit that we, that phrase is so commercialized at this stage and, you know, chicks be like, I'm going to go get a manicure, pedicure and a massage. Self-love day. No, it's not. It's not self-love. There's a lot of noise in that. And when you sit in the quiet to determine how you are feeling with yourself and that ugly shit starts to surface, Mm -hmm. loving yourself through that is super hard. But acknowledging it and feeling it is part of the process though. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like how I just want our listeners out there to understand the difference between what so many are telling us is self-love and what self-love really is mm-hmm. and loving that ugly stuff and working through that ugly stuff and dancing with that ugly stuff as you move through it into the space that you choose to become, not because you hate who you are now, but just because you want to continue to live a better and better version of you, the woman mm-hmm. that you desperately love. Right. And it's like, how do we get there? How do we get to that type of, of real love for ourselves and who we are and everything that we bring to the table, good, bad, or indifferent? You know, I think that's the real struggle. And I'm not expecting any of us to sit here and have the answers on this, but I think this is the conversation mm-hmm. that we need to blow wide open. Yeah. One of the places that I find that I can actually get quiet because we all live in homes with, you know, we all got distractions going on at home all the time, but the shower is the one place Mm. that I can find peace. (laughs) And I have like a salt, like a a rose salt scrub that I use when I really like have a bad day and I just need like need to scrub off the bad day. But the shower is the one place that in my house I can find peace. And I can have a moment to myself and I can relish in the good that happened that day. And I can wash off the bad that happened that day. And then I can get out of the shower and put on my pajamas. I know tomorrow is going to be a new day, but that's one place. Maybe if you're looking for like that quiet time that you can't get the shower might be that place for you. Cause that's, it makes me want to cry again. That is like my sacred thing. So I don't know yeah, if that helps. I, love I hope that. that helps. That gives you a little place <laughs> to have a little bit of peace and like something yeah. if you need it. Yeah. No, but I like the idea of finding a place and space, right? Because honestly, mm-hmm. that's not something that I've ever really been very good at doing. I like to actually <laughs> pride myself on being the woman that never stops going. Like the Energizer Bunny, I go harder, longer, faster you know, farther than most women can possibly dare to go. And I think that this is a mindset shift that I need to make. And I would venture a lot of women out there are just like me. And maybe this goes back to that generational narrative that we've been taught from our childhood. I mean, my mom was CEO of a company. And so I grew up in her shadow and was taught to, you know, go farther, faster, longer in order to be successful in life. There are things that you have to do. These are the things you have to be. You have to be a hard worker. These are the values and morals that you have to possess. And I think that there has been a shift in society in general. And 
you are embodying this shift yourself, Jenna, right? Because you have chosen to take a step back and you have chosen to make a different path for yourself in life and one that is guided by your spirituality and you've been successful and are thriving in that space. And I think that right, we as women, me, I'm speaking for myself, need to take a page from your book and really step back and say, am I really... Am I, am I really serving myself by living the lifestyle that I'm living? Mm. And what if, what if I could achieve the outcomes that I'm trying to achieve by pausing? Right. What if I could just stop? What, what would happen if I did, in fact, just stop? Would the world keep spinning? Would life keep going? You know, I am, I'm confident that it would. So I think it's a good lesson. And, and thank you, Trinity, yeah. really, for forcing the conversation and causing us to really get back to that space where we do pause and stop and find that space and time. Because I think mm-hmm. the message is, Jenna, whether it's in the shower or I personally tend to get up early in the morning because I'm an annoyingly early person and just love the quiet and peace of my house <laughs> before my kids get up and before life starts. So I think our listener out there, mm. uh, the message can be that there's so much value in taking a pause in finding that quiet space and really taking time. Uh, I love what you said that you do is to let go of what happened that day that didn't work and you focus more on what was the beautiful part about your day and what am I going to do tomorrow tomorrow is a new day you said so how can I make tomorrow a better day than today and just in that one small act you're already putting a better foot forward for the next day and setting an intention and purpose for having a better day um, than the last. And I think that's really important. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yes. I One thing I think that is important, especially because a lot of us are so fast moving is as much as we schedule our, all of our activities and our stuff, we also need to schedule downtime because mm. downtime is just as important as the busy times. But that. my husband works, he's the president of a very busy company. And so we have Saturdays where we make no plans and the three of us just hang out at home and watch movies all day. Like we're so lazy, but like, I think that is just as important as a, like a busy schedule to me is like, means nothing other than you choose to run around with your head cut off all day. And I think that that just, mm. that depletes us from what we truly want to give to ourselves and to other people. And so just try scheduling in that little lazy Saturday morning and see what happens. It might be like the best day ever. Really? (laughs) I'm already getting anxiety. Oh, your face? (laughs) (laughs) So it's funny. I have tried to make a better path forward for myself. For example, I do still make my list on Saturday morning and I do order it in the way that I can get it completed most efficiently Mm -hmm. so that... By two o'clock in the afternoon, I can shut it down and I don't do anything or I find myself by the pool laying out and soaking up the rays or I can find time to, you know, have lunch with my daughters or whatever that quiet specific time looks like for me. But I do, (laughs) 
(laughs) I do have to have that get it done time. I don't know what it is, but I will take your schedule. I will take. So let's pick a day, Shelby. Let's pick a day. Yeah. When are we going to do this? Yeah. Okay. What day? Give me one day. (laughs) That's a great question. For one day, don't even get out your damn pajamas. Don't brush your teeth. Like literally, chill all the way out. What day are we going to do this? Right. Uh, probably this Sunday. This, this Sunday. Uh, Saturday is a busy day for me. But this Sunday from the date okay. that we're getting this recorded. I would like okay. to. Um, yeah. Pictures. <laughs> we want evidence. I want to yeah. see you. Like, okay. I want you to just chill all the way right? out. No list. <laughs> nothing. Okay. I want bowls of popcorn just all around you. Like just be in the moment, man. Okay. I will. <laughs> there's there's this book that I've recently been reading and it's called The Myth of Normal. And it talks about how like, prescription drugs, like the uh, side effects are normal. Mm. And they talked about um, a couple other diseases and most of them are people pleasers that never gave themselves any time. And now they're diagnosed with A, B, or C. And they literally could diagnose these people in the waiting room because they're just so nice when they check in and they're so nice to everybody in the office. They'll like, it's the saddest thing. But if we don't take for ourselves yes. and we continue to only give, our body just gets broken down because we don't listen. Yes. So please listen to yourself because you're beautiful oh, and amazing. So give yourself thank that you. Time. Give yourself the yeah. grace. Yeah, I have become very protective of my weekends. Because Mm -hmm. I know what happens when I'm not. I know what happens when I do too much, give away too much, um, which was my pattern forever. And so I've taken that time back. A lot of times I won't even answer texts. People are like, are you you dead? Yes, I am dead (laughs) on Sundays. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you my trick. But if people ask me to lunch, I'll be like, okay, give me a couple of dates and we can put it in the books. And if they don't send dates. Not in the books. (laughs) That's it. Mm -mm. Yeah. Absolutely agree. That's that's my little, that's my, that's my trick. Don't tell anybody. Okay. (laughs) Your secret is safe with us and all our listeners out there. Exactly. (laughs) All the listeners out there. But yeah, I love that idea, Trinity. And I would love to know what you've seen as a result of just taking that time for yourself. What's the impact, do you think? Um, You know, it's funny. I have realized that I actually enjoy spending time with me. And it's become an actual conscious thought Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I've grown into really liking my own company. And I think that that says a lot about my personal Mm -hmm. self-love. And it's a freedom. I have this freedom of being able to do what I want when I want without any pressure from anyone else. And it is exceptionally liberating. And I've learned so much about myself in those moments of what I really, truly like and versus what I've always thought that I liked, Mm -hmm. what I've always told others was important to me. I've learned so much about really what is important to me. um, And it's been really, really freeing. Hmm. I love that. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Yeah. And Jenna, thank you so much for being on our show today. We've just loved the conversation. We've loved your wisdom and truly appreciate all that you've offered to our listener today. So if our audience were wanting to get in touch with you, can you let us know where they can find you? 
So I'm on Instagram pretty regularly, just spitting out little fun things. Um, lots of insight on just like my daily life and how do I overcome the obstacles that I encounter. So that's uh, Genevieve Spiritual on Instagram. And then my prayer cards are on Etsy also under Genevieve Spiritual. Yes. And I will be sending you to some little boxes of prayer cards. Oh, so nice. I'm excited. You'll have to send me your addresses and I will send you some boxes. So oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we know if, if we don't send them, then your little trick goes into play. We know how this works. <laughs> we have to but by the way, I feel honored to be with you ladies today. So thank you for letting me chat with you. It's I could cry again. I just appreciate your time. Thank you so it's been much. been a pleasure. And you and Shelby need to go have like cry cry moments together <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm usually the crier but it has just been a couple of weeks that have been very stressful for me so i have shed you're all cried out it's the first time she's been all cried <laughs> oh, out yes but your words though speak so much to me jenna and i just really appreciate you being on here with us today it's been such a pleasure having you thank you jenna well thank you thank you Shelby, I loved that conversation with Jenna, and I'm just so thankful we got to spend time with her today. I love it. Let's let's just go through some of the quick takeaways. Number one for me, set clear boundaries, girl, and know what is important to you. Amen. And I found this perspective really interesting because we talked a lot about positivity in this show. But Jenna says that she actually welcomes negativity because it not only shows you what you do not want, but it also shows you what you do want. And you find that. Oh, I love that. Yes. And then we talked a lot about self love. So let's all remember that self love allows you the power to stand in your own strength, your own boundaries, setting them, sticking to them, and living out your own values. That's what self-love empowers, and we all need to do this. Yes, love that. And, you know, this is one thing that we talked about in the show that I need to be better at doing. And I have no excuse for not doing it. And it's give yourself some quiet time each day to just get out of your head and let go of what happened that day and look forward the next day because tomorrow is a new day. Okay, well, it brings us to our fifth point then, Shelby, which is if you're going to do that and you're actually going to make that a habit and a reality for yourself, then schedule it. Yeah, schedule that quiet time for yourself. We schedule time for everybody else, everything else, all the things in life, schedule time for the number one person, and that's you. Yes. I love that. And again, if you are listening to this podcast right now and have enjoyed our conversation with Jenna, please subscribe and leave us a review. We love you, and we cannot wait to see you again next week right here in the middle.